She's Lisa, a web designer and developer who's addicted to coffee and allergic to doing dishes. He's Jesse, a podcast editor who's addicted to video games and allergic to vegetables. And this is Company Inc., a podcast about love at work. And welcome to the next episode of Company Inc. And we're back with another one for you. And in this one, we are going to be talking about being the breadwinner. Oh, boy. Yeah. What that means, what it looks like, all the stuff that kind of comes with it. And if you guys have been listening to us, you kind of know that Lisa is the breadwinner of this household. At least for now. At least for now. Yep. And we're going to, yeah, if my business takes off, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, oh, look at all the money I'm making. That would be great. But for now, it's you. And we're going to kind of get your perspective on things as well as, you know, my opinion on what it's been like. So first thing on the docket, we want to talk about what your cash flow looked like before you brought me into the fold. And so this is like before I even met you when it was just you. So what was it like? Yeah. So I guess we met August 2015. You got it. And I started my business in April 2012. So you had been established for a while. Yeah, so I've been running my business for about three years at that point. Now, question, were you doing a job at the same time? This is no. just to give context. So you're talking about when you had quit your day job, mm-hmm. you were strictly doing your business. I had been running my business full time since Got April 2012 by okay. that point. So um, I had been re- running my business full time for three years and a few months at that point okay um by the time we met yeah um and i you know i had steady cash flow by then i had enough to support myself um you know the first maybe year or so was rough i think um you know when i first started my business i actually I moved to Tulsa because I moved in with my aunt um, and I lived with her for the first three months of my business of going full time with my business. Um, that must have been helpful. Yeah. <laughs> to not have to pay bills or for not have sure. to pay like rent and things like that um, for the first three months. And then I got to a point that, you know, I felt comfortable taking on, um, you know, monthly rent and utilities and things like that um in Tulsa and moved out um and you know there were definitely months that I still you know would panic in that first year like oh my god am I gonna be able to pay my bills um so really getting to that point where I was earning a steady income and um feeling like I had some level of stability that probably took at least the first year, maybe year and a half to feel like I'd gotten to that point. Um, so by the time that I met Jesse, I was at that point where I was 
earning a steady income. I was living downtown, so I was actually paying, you know, a higher um a higher rent, more in utilities and things like that. Um I was traveling more, so um I was actually earning more than enough to get by. Um by that point, you know, my business is doing well. Um it was bringing in steady income. I was booked out several months in advance. Um, and so, you know, cash flow was looking good at that point. Um, and yeah, I think that things were looking pretty good at that point. Okay. Let's go back to something you said earlier during that panic time frame, And this might come into play later. I don't know. I might be getting at something. I might not be. But would you say that you felt it was within your control to be able to work a little more, work harder to either get more work or get the work done in your panic state? Like, did you feel like it was at least in your control that you could get more work done faster in order to bring in the money? So you like in order to make sure you got your bills paid. Usually, yeah, it usually felt like things would work out. Um, that if I just worked hard enough, I mean, I was working like 12 hour days some, sometimes. And yeah, um, I've always, I've always heard like reading about starting a business and things like that. Um, since I'm trying to do that myself, uh, you know, of course I've done a lot of research. It's in my nature, in my nature, it's in my nature to research stuff and get information about it before I dive in because, you know, I don't like doing stuff blind. So I had read that owning a business can be very rewarding and all this great stuff. You know, you pay more taxes and you have to deal with healthcare and things like that. Um, and also a lot of people say you will work harder for your own business than you have ever worked for anything in your life. Absolutely. So with you, with you saying the whole, you know, some days were, 12 hours days of coding. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like it to make it work. You worked harder than any 9 to 5 desk job, you know? Absolutely. So, okay. So, then you met me. Mhm. After that. So, you were you were doing great and then here I come. <laughs> about to mess up everything. It all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Straight downhill. So you met me August 2015. I had a job at the time. Uh, and your business was, you were steady. You were in a good spot. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I start to mention that I'm not sure how soon after I met you that I, you know, told you that the place I was working was going under. They did, mm -hmm. in fact. Uh, some months after that, and I had actually switched jobs out of desperation. And I know this doesn't have to do with being a breadwinner, but I just want to touch on that real quick. You, me switching jobs out of desperation was something I had to do, but I don't think you ever want to do that because what happened was I took a job that just didn't fit my personality it just didn't fit me and i had to quit 
I mean, I'm really not proud to say that I have never quit a job unless I was moving somewhere or like when I moved to Oklahoma, you know, I or even with the with my job at the college being the IT manager there, they were going bankrupt and it was very clear. So I had to get something. So, of course, I switched. I quit that job to get another job, but I quit that job out of desperation and I think it was a mistake. Well, I didn't really have a choice in my mind because it was either I need to get something now or who knows, it could be next week. I show up at work and there's chains on the doors because they closed. It wasn't that dramatic, but a few months after I did that, they did close. And um, so I had switched jobs and then promptly quit that job because, I mean, you even said I was a different person mm-hmm. at that job. I was so consumed with my anxieties with having to deal with whatever I was going to have to deal with at the job. You know, it was basically a call center. It was a help desk is what it was. It was a big, I'm not going to name the company, but it was a big company. And I was IT help desk for them. I sat at a desk and answered calls. That's not my style. So I quit. And then we had a discussion. Going back to the actual subject at hand. Mm -hmm. Sorry for that tangent. But that was context to where we're going. So you were the breadwinner of your business. And. You. I don't even remember how the conversation came about, but we discussed what would happen if I learned how to code a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, actually, first, I think I hired you for some some video editing projects. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you were doing. Um, I was working on a membership site. Right. So. um. Yeah, so that's kind of how it first got started. That's how we started working together was you asked me if I could edit these videos and, you know, kind of splice them together because you, of course, that was like the first time you'd ever done that, right? Mm-hmm. Like created video tutorials with coding and things no, like that. No, I actually, I had done it before, but oh, okay. it took me so long um, and I just, I, I didn't want to do it. I knew you could do a better job and... Mm-hmm. um. So, yeah, um, that was kind of our first entry into working together was um, I hired you as a contractor um, to do those videos. And um, so we did that for a while and that Mm -hmm. worked out really well. And then in your free time, you were learning how to code. Yeah, we had kind of because we had talked about it and you were like, okay. You know, you weren't totally all for it because of, you know, we knew kind of like the pitfalls of it. Well, you did, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of, you kind of saw the future almost, um, which we'll, you know, talk about over time here. I mean, part of it was I had, um, I had worked with a friend before and. Oh, right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And. That had not gone well because I, I mean, it it was my fault. I, I felt a responsibility to provide and we're going to get into that later in this episode because that came right back up again. Yeah, that's part Um, of being the breadwinner. 
And I knew, like, I I had said, you know, I, I committed to paying her this much. And then it got to a point that, like, there was one month that I couldn't, I couldn't pay that much. And, like, and it had just, we had had different expectations. She had expected that there were going to be times that I couldn't pay her what she needed and she was willing to stick it out to help grow my business to get to the point Mm -hmm. that it could pay for both of us and i felt uncomfortable not being able to pay her makes sense what she needed right and um so it just you know it ended up being bad for our friendship and there was a time where we didn't speak for a while and you know we were eventually able to patch things up but you know it i was worried of history repeating itself yeah that was your main concern i remember you telling me that story and it was like you know we're in a relationship you know how terrible would it be if this whole situation like soured the relationship Mm -hmm. that's gonna really suck yeah and then of course i gave her all the assurances in the world that i wouldn't let it come to that because i feel like i'm a reasonable person and i kind of understand the situation you know but i knew you had your reservations and those i mean from experience Mm -hmm. and you can't deny it like you you know my friend was a reasonable person too and it still happened right it's not you know it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with being reasonable people. It's just, you know, things happen and mm-hmm. it's a tricky situation to navigate. And right. Um, so I had my reservations and then I think. I'm not sure. Um, I think we at, at some point we moved in together at some point during this pro- this whole process. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was. I mean, I think we talked about that on last the last round of episodes where we talked about moving in together and how a big decision that was. And in hindsight, it kind of was a good decision. Like we we had that big discussion at dinner and we were like, hopefully in six months, we are laughing about all the worry that we are having right now about this decision, about what it would mean to move in together. And in the end, I honestly think it was a good decision. Mm-hmm. I think it worked out fantastically to to be able to get our relationship to where it is today, you know, and, you know, we we didn't end up wasting money, I guess you would say, because we kind of combined forces, mm-hmm. you know, our those bills like our own bills became our together bills mm-hmm. you know there's probably a better way to say that i can't think of words so um so yeah somewhere in there we did move in together and part of the rational rational blah, blah, rationalization there was that if i did start working with you we're in the same household it's not like we we can solve problems quickly so when it came to me learning coding Enough for me to have such an impact on your business that you would feel comfortable paying me for my work. That being in the same household would be 
hugely beneficial because our offices are literally next to each other. Right. If I ever had a question about anything I was doing, I could walk five feet into the next room Mm -hmm. and say, I have a question about this because I'm unsure. You know, so it would be because I had a lot to learn. I mean, let's not get it wrong. I knew nothing about HTML, PHP, CSS, any of that. I mean, we literally sat down and I took step by step notes on how to do stuff like how to set up websites initially and things like that and the server. And this was before we had, you know, our local setups for development. So I knew nothing. Mm -hmm. So I had a long way to go. Like I had a long way to go before I was making meaningful impact on your workload. So much so that you could say, yeah, the work you're doing is worth this amount of money I'm going to pay you. So from there, we had to figure out the household expenses. And I immediately stepped up to that task because I'm good with numbers. I always have been. Math was my subject. It's all logic. And I love logic. Logic is my strong suit. Two plus two is always four. If there's a rule and that rule cannot be broken, you know, for the majority, then I will stick by that rule, learn that rule and apply everything by that rule. And that to me, that is very easy to just, I mean, it's logic. So I took over the numbers and which works out for you because you hate numbers. Yeah. At least you don't hate numbers. You don't like having to constantly look at the money and try to figure the stuff out. And you just wanted me to sit down and be like, okay, here's the deal. This is our household expenses. Here's our shared expenses for the house. Here's what my personal expenses are that don't have to do with the household. Here are your personal expenses that don't have to do with the household. Now, if we wanted to combine all those numbers, all that money, into one single number here it is and i gave you that number and i don't remember what it was but it was like if you had to have your business which is the sole money maker in the household it has to be able to make this much money right here boom this much all of our bills in one spot well once he ran those numbers we were like we're actually not that far off. Yeah. We're really, like, her... I'm already really close to that anyway. Yep. And, you know, I was getting to the point where I needed the help anyway. I couldn't, I couldn't do any more work. I couldn't, there was no way I could take on more work. And therefore, there was no way I could make any more money because there was yeah. just one of me. So, Right. You know, I was kind of I, I was kind of at the point where if I wanted my business to grow, I either had to I either had to find a way to make money that wasn't where my that wasn't tied to my my time mm-hmm. or I had to bring on help. Mm-hmm. And if I brought on help, it was like, well, why wouldn't I bring on help that you know i could either bring on help that is anywhere around the country that i i don't know anything about or i i could hire jesse who may not have all the skills yet but i can train him and he's 
literally in the next room to ask me questions, I can like, you know, because he's kind of a blank slate, I can train him exactly how I want him to be trained. Yes. Mold me in your image, I said. Yeah, to do the work exactly how I need it to be done. And then he went over all the numbers and he's like, well, we're so close anyway. Like, if we just push a little harder, we can get to that number. Yeah, that was that was actually a really kind of it was very informative to kind of lay out all those numbers and find a target that we needed to reach. And then you going through your numbers up to that point and us looking at them and going, hmm, we're pretty close. We're not there. But if I could get to a point where I'm doing significant work on these websites before you take them over, then that allows you to take on more work, which would then allow us to reach that point and beyond. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so when I initially quit that job that I took after my college job, we were actually looking at me starting my own kind of IT business like freelancing IT, doing like doing house calls and things like that and helping people around town. Rebooty call. Yeah, that's where the name Rebooty call came from. She was like, you should name your business Rebooty call. <laughs> and I'm like, that I is still maintain it's the best business name ever. It's fantastic. I'm not going to lie, but there's no way I was naming that business Rebooty call. So we were kind of fiddling around with that idea and I can't, we came up with a name and we came up with services and pricing and things like that. And then the question came up, do we want to spend time trying to get this idea off the ground or do we want to spend time with you learning coding and expanding my already established business? And we pretty quickly came to the agreement that expanding an already established business would be easier. All I had to do was learn. All had you had to do was kind of show me how you did things. And as long as I was picking up like any kind of slack, really doing meaningful work for you, then it could work. And that's kind of where we went from there. So, you know, I gave you my number. Like, this is my number. I need this much per month to survive my personal side of the bills, like my half of the expenses and then my personal bills that have nothing to do with the household or you. Mm -hmm. And we agreed on a price. I don't remember what it was, but we agreed on it and it was doable. We were eventually, we were pretty okay. So that's how you started paying me. Was I started setting up websites. That's the first thing I started to do. Mm-hmm. And slowly I started getting into creating the skeletons and uh, the skeletons of the website in HTML, PHP, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I just paid you as a contractor. Yeah. We just paid. Kept... That's right. They, I was a contractor and um, it simple. Mm hmm. You know, and I was actually, you know, we were kind of doing how many hours I was working sort of thing at the beginning. You know, how much I was getting done. And uh, so that's kind of that's kind of how that all started. So you became my employer. Mm -hmm. You know, I was working from home. It was the (laughs) dream. 
it was the dream. I had been going to work every day for six years, you know, commuting and stuff like that, thinking to myself, there has to be a better way. Well, guess what? Here I am now. And I found the better way. I'm working for my wife from home. No alarms, no customers, you know, no staff and faculty to take care of, even though those people were great. I didn't mind working with them at all. But I mean, I didn't have to go anywhere. I was coding in my pajamas. This <laughs> is the dream. So. Uh, next thing. So, OK, you're the breadwinner. I'm your employee. And one of the things uh, we have listed here to talk about is how we both felt, how I felt about you being the breadwinner of the house and how you felt about it. Now, having your boyfriend at the time be an employee. Kind of. I was a contractor, but I was working for you. Mm -hmm. So I can say. I mean, I guess for lack of better words that I just simply had no problem with. It was. I mean, I guess that's maybe typical to say. But I feel like the other side of that spectrum is like there's still that old kind of way of thinking from some people, not everybody, obviously, obviously in this day and age, it's getting much better. But historically, you know, women are supposed to be in the kitchen. Men go to work and make the money. Yeah, that is not the case these days. And uh, I haven't always been brought up in situations where that is the case. I mean, I could tell you at this point in time, uh, my mother is the breadwinner of that household for sure. She owns her own business and my stepdad kind of does work for her. He's got his own thing going now, but I mean, for a while he was working for her kind of in a similar capacity here. I mean, they were different businesses, very different businesses, but it was kind of the same thing. She was the breadwinner. He was working for her. Um, with my dad and stepmom back in New Jersey, I'm pretty sure my stepmom is the breadwinner. Granted, my dad does a job. He works hard. But she makes, I'm pretty sure she makes more money than he does. And um, so I've kind of been around it. You know, I've been around these very smart, intelligent, successful women for a while. This isn't strange to me. I am comfortable, familiar with this. So with you being the breadwinner of this household, I was like, oh, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, and then I, you know, I met your aunt. She's very intelligent, very successful. She's the breadwinner of her household. And it's like, oh, yeah, women are just taking over. Cool with me? No problems. Maybe it's the way it should be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 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 it's great. I think it's a great thing. You know, it's, it's something I can easily get behind. It's something that I want to get behind and support because I, I just find it. It's fantastic. So what do you feel? How do you feel about it? I mean, it was it's always been a point of pride for me that mm. to be able to say, like, I built a business. I mean, first of all, to say that I built a business that supported myself and then to say I built a business that supported my household that, you know, that's amazing. I've been able to build a business that pays for both me and my husband. Like, that's an amazing accomplishment. Th th that's it insane. really is. It really is something. And it's a lot of people, a lot of people out there strive for that. And I think not everybody can get there. Not yeah. everybody can build a business to get to that point, you know? 
Yeah, so I, so I think that's, it's amazing. I mean, I think that's been kind of leading into the next point. That's been something that I've been struggling with. Um, with you getting a job is losing that that pride of mm. oh you know my business is no longer providing for us both right it feels like a failure of sorts yeah and it's, I could see that it's kind of you know almost a sad thing for me like yeah it, I mean that that our little talk was emotional. So that leads into uh, your feelings of anxiety of being the breadwinner. We only got a couple of things left to talk about. Um, so one of them is anxiety, yeah, of being the breadwinner and the guilt of not providing. I mean, that's kind of where we were going. Yeah. So. Um... You know, as we've been dealing with the ups and downs of business and um, I have generalized anxiety anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So anxiety is just something that I deal with in my day to day life anyway. Um, And sometimes it's worse than others. But, um, you know, when it it comes to being the breadwinner, you know, when things are good, the anxiety is not really there. You know, it's not really a concern. Yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe in the back of my mind, I'm I'm kind of aware that I'm like, oh, you know, w- what happens when it runs out? Mm-hmm. If it runs out, you know, if the money runs out. Um, yeah. uh, but actually, you know, I think that is I think that is really true. Um that the anxiety is always there in the back of my mind that, you know, obviously it is worse when periods of famine hit, when we're like, okay, we're not really sure what's coming in, if there's going to be enough coming in um, and things like that. Obviously that's when the anxiety is going to be worse. But even when times are good, there is that kind of anxiety in the back of my mind that's like, okay, how do we prepare for the next famine? How do we prepare to make sure there's always going to be enough? What happens when there's not enough? Um, and I think it just gets to me over time. And mm-hmm. um, so in January, I, you know, I had to sit down and be really honest and say, like, the anxiety has gotten to me. I cannot handle it anymore. I can't, um, you know, my options are either to work really hard and, you know, get our income uh, at a level that we need it to be, or accept that I can't do this alone. Right. That I can no longer handle the pressure of being the sole breadwinner. And I just had to come to terms with the fact that I cannot handle the pressure of being the sole breadwinner. I just, it was not healthy for me um, to keep doing that, to keep that level of anxiety um, because I've been at this for seven years. I've been 
doing business for seven years. And, you know, in the beginning, I was totally capable of doing 12 hour work days. I'm not capable of doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. I just can't push myself like that. I'm not interested in pushing myself like that. I need more work-life balance than I used to need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't keep up that pace. And so I, it's just gotten to a point that I have to take a step back and I have to accept help. And I have to, um, I have to realize that, you know, it's not something that I can do alone. Yep. And with that conversation that we had with, uh, with you pretty much, you know, coming out with can't do it alone. You know, it's, it's gotten to a point where it's just too much. Then we have to fall back on the, uh, the plan B where we discussed at the very beginning of me joining uh, you in this business as a contractor and doing work for you that at the very start when we were discussing it before it had even happened plan B was that if it didn't work out that I had IT experience nobody can take that away from me I could always go back into the world of IT and get a day job And that is currently the answer. That was my responsibility to step up and not just sit back and go, oh, you'll figure it out. I'll just sit here and wait until you do, you know, and totally disregard our shrinking bank accounts. You know, I couldn't let that happen. You know, for the sake of the household and keeping you know, this lifestyle, which isn't, you know, crazy extravagant, but just keeping the way things are, we want to keep the things the way they are in order to do that. We would need more money coming in. And the easiest way to do that was to just have me get a job, get that paycheck to guarantee, you know, this gives you more time to figure out where you want to go. And uh, we even talked about, you know, it relieves the pressure of you trying to experiment with your business to try to see what you can do. Um, and you don't have to worry about if maybe you tried something and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You would have had to try something or you would have had to figure out a way where it was a guarantee. Right. And there really is just no way to do that. There's just no way to foresee that, yep, this is a for sure ringer. I'm going to provide these services in this way or these packages at this price point. And man, it's just going to take off. I know it. You don't know it. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. You couldn't just come up with something and be like, I got a winner. We're going to be just fine. Yeah. And we didn't mention on last week's episode that. I actually started a new business in 2017 um, with a business partner. It's a theme shop called Impress Themes, Mm -hmm. and that's still growing, and that takes time. Yep. And, you know, we're 
constantly <clears throat> developing new products and building that community there. And yeah. so, you know, that, that takes time away from my studio business and, and I just don't know. I, I, you know, it, it is growing. Um, but there's still a lot of unknowns. Yep. Um, and so, and I have recurring revenue in my studio business with retainer clients, but it's not enough to offset what we need, the reliability that we need for two people. It's, it's only enough to be reliable for one person. Right. And just the stress of, of trying to provide for two people. Yeah. It got to be it's, too much. It's a lot. <laughs> it got to be too much. Yeah. Cause we hit that downturn. I mean, we hit a couple and this is actually a good segue into the next episode. We are going to be talking about the feast and famine roller coaster. And so like you were talking about right there, those things that, you know, your retainer clients and the impress shop, those kind of, I mean, I think you guys had the, your theme shop idea for a while, but like it was, that was part of the plan to mitigate the, you know, when things kind of go take a downturn and, but we're going to talk about that next episode. That's, we're going to talk about all about that in the next one. Yeah. But, um, I don't think we talked about the guilt piece of it. Yeah, really. Kind of. I mean, I tried to I tried to build in the anxiety and the guilt part together. Yeah. I mean, I have dealt with some guilt of just, you know, as Jesse's been looking for a job, I've been like, if I just worked a little bit harder, I could pull us out of this and he wouldn't have to be looking for a job and I have to remind myself. Yeah. Then 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 it was up to me to go to her and be like, we are not in this alone. Like you realize that now I could have easily just sat back and did nothing and let you suffer. But what kind of partner, what kind of person would I be to do that? You know, we're in this together. If I were to sit back and do, do nothing and just hope you didn't fail. But then when you did fail, well, who really failed? Did you fail or did I fail you? And then we all suffer, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it, I understand where you're coming from with the whole guilt. Like if I was in that position, I'd feel the same way. But at the same time, I have to step up and take responsibility for what I'm doing. You know, you're the one who owns the business. You're the one who's going to know best on which direction to take it. You know, you've been in the field, like you said, for seven years, you know it, you know, what would be a good idea. You know, you know, the good ideas, like Mm -hmm. you have an idea of what to do, but still they're all, it's all trial, you know, to see what sticks. Kind of. I mean, there's no guarantees in business. There's no guarantees guarantees in getting a job either. It's, you know, we just, that's right. We just have to kind of you have to try deal with the current situation and mm-hmm. and go from there. <laughs> yep. And I mean, we got to a point where I mean, 
I haven't gotten a job offer yet, so it's nothing set in stone. But we got kind of got to a point where it's like, okay, maybe we have to prepare for me not getting a day job because I have been searching and searching and searching and it's nothing was panning out. And it was like, oh no. So, you know, then, you know, more stress comes into play and oh, blah, 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 blah. Hopefully we're at the end of that. It it seems like we're at the end of that. There might be a light in the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there might be we're light hoping. at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Keep as, your fingers as crossed early for us. As, as early as next week, as of the time of this recording. Um, something looks very, very, very promising. So, you know, our anxieties have kind of fallen off because of that. You know, like I said, it's not set in stone. No offer has been made, but I'm fairly confident. And it's been a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. So in the next one, we're going to wrap this one up because I think we've gone over time. <clears throat> uh, in the next one, we're going to talk about the Feast Famine roller coaster. We're going to talk about what it looked like together, what it looked like alone. Uh, we're going to talk about how it kind of shapes your mindset when you're in both states, when you have a lot of work, when you don't have a lot of work stuff like that so we'll get into the details next time so thank you for joining us and we will see you next time see ya uh, bye bye